Welcome to Radio Rehab. I'm your host, Dana. I'm an addict and alcoholic. This is a show for other addicts and alcoholics and also for their families and for anyone who knows us. If this is your first time listening, we have over 300 episodes in the bank. You can go back and listen to all of them. If you can't get to a meeting right now, which is completely understandable, you can go back and listen to any of our episodes. Please do. We welcome you. And if you like what you hear, please rate, subscribe, and like us because uh, it makes me happy. gives me a reason to wake up tomorrow. Welcome to episode two of our three-part series with Robin L. And this episode, she discusses recovery in the days of Zoom, which is basically recovery in the time of COVID. Let's join the conversation. Welcome to Radio Rehab. Here's your host, Dana Keys. You know, got to go to jail, got to do my thing. And uh, still to this day, like I have a sponsor, I sponsor women, I have a home group, I'm of service, I carry a commitment. Most of my sponsees carry commitments. Uh, you know, you give back and you be of service. Mm-hmm. So, and that hasn't changed. That hasn't changed um, in the last 14 years. I've never not had a sponsor and I've never not been working the steps. And uh, because of that, like I continue to grow. And my recovery changes continually because I'm willing to do the work and I'm willing to look at all these aspects of my life. You know, recovery doesn't just happen in one area. Right. So, and I'm, I'm blessed and fortunate to get to work in a field where I get to talk about my experience, strength and hope, and it helps people. Let's are you a counselor for the place? You, I, I, and you can either decide to say or not say the name of where you work. It's fine. Either way, it's fine with me. Is it okay? Right. Yeah, no. So I work for a mission for Michael and a better life recovery. Um, there's two different organ Ampham. Ampham. Right. <laughs> there's two different organizations. Uh, I'm not currently working as a counselor, although I do carry a certification and I've done that in the past. Right. Um, yeah. So a mission for Michael's a mental health primary facility. Mm-hmm. And we treat folks at a residential level that struggle with persistent chronic mental illness. And you um, get to share your story with them? Like, it's okay so you being somebody I who can, works there? I can if I choose to, and sometimes that's helpful. What I've always found is that uh, self-disclosure is only useful if there's a therapeutic value to it. So if I'm talking to someone and they are struggling with connecting and struggling with finding motivation for wanting to seek help, I can talk about my experience because it might benefit them in that moment. I that's see what you're saying. That, yeah, yep, like otherwise it's kind of self-aggrandizing and yeah. I exactly. Okay, gotcha. So gotcha. that's what I've always done. Um, and sometimes I talk about my experience when I'm talking to parents and I say, my parents needed to learn how to say no to me a long time ago. And the sooner you learn to say no to your child, the sooner they'll be able to get some help. Right. Yeah. And that's just the truth of it. So sometimes I will use that information and and share that because it's helpful for parents. But um, for the most part, I don't really talk about my recovery that often. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's really cool. I love that. I mean, I love that, you know, it's not like something that you're forced to do. It's just like something when it comes up, you share it. And I yeah. love, and, and like what you were saying about the parents, like, cause I just did my first intervention, which we've talked Ooh. about a bunch on this show with Vicky, as you know, and like, yep. this was the first time watching, you know, the real problem, which is the family 
not wanting to set boundaries. Totally. And it was just amazing to watch that and amazing to watch how she handled it. And, you know, because being, I'm, I've always been the person who's being intervened upon. So I'm watching this like, wow. Wow. Oh. <laughs> I had the experience to be in a relationship with someone who relapsed in recovery and I got to be the other person. And it was always me that was a mess and me that was a nightmare. And to have the shoe on the other foot, I was like, you motherfucker. How'd you deal with that? Like, yeah, you had to go to treatment. Either you're going to treatment or you're going somewhere else. To how your much time did it add? Five years. Yeah. And I was, I had just opened a treatment center. I was so focused on what I was doing and I was not looking. And even though I'm a counselor and I work with people in recovery, I did not see that. Yeah. And I don't know, I don't know how long he'd been using it. It had been for, I think a while, a few months at least. And when I finally realized and it all came to a head, I was like, oh no, how did we get here? Yeah. Yeah. Stop you working think a program. You look for that Stop. when, yeah. Stopped going to meetings, stopped working a program, didn't have a sponsor. Worked in treatment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't work in treatment, but that's the same. That's how I've gone out every time. It's I quit with my program, quit working with my sponsor. I quit working the steps, quit working with sponsees, and I'm off and running. Totally. I mean, I know it's so much harder for people who work in recovery because they have, you know, it's almost like people who, you know, I know a lot of people who have 30 years clean and they're like you know why I don't relapse because I don't want to come back and introduce myself as a newcomer because I'm too vain absolutely like, holy shit I get it but so yeah people yeah. who work in the field my god well I think sometimes people are like oh I went to a, I went to a meeting with the clients oh I ran a group today and we talked about recovery that's not your program though right so I've always kept you know I haven't always been consistent with step work where there's been months like I'm lagging on my step work, sure. But I have always had, you know, at least a program and a meeting and a home group and my sponsor, you know what I mean? So right. I think that's really critical um, to maintaining and being able to sustain in this industry that'll eat you alive and burn you out real fast. I totally agree. I mean, especially, yeah, the industry you work in because you're giving so much of yourself. It's like being a therapist. It's you know, energetically it's like, expensive. Yeah. Yes. Like, not literally, but, you know, you've heard the term psychic vampires. Yep. It's, you're just in so many situations all day, probably, where your energy is being used and needed, you know? Not not sucked like an evil person, but still used and needed, and you give so much of yourself that, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's emotionally, energetically, uh, and to time-consuming because you do this, you're 24-7, 365 sometimes where you make yourself available for, because crisis doesn't keep a schedule. I'm sorry, could yeah, you just right. wait to be suicidal until tomorrow at 9 a.m. because I'm having dinner? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let that thought that. pass and uh, call me, yeah. yeah. <laughs> call me tomorrow at 9 I'm having a bath. <laughs> yeah, we'll be ready then. Yeah. The treatment center will be there tomorrow. Oh, yeah. And they'll give you a discount because you waited a day. Sure. Yeah, totally. Sure. Totally real things. No, I, I totally get that. It's just, it's so amazing because, like, I've re- I've relapsed. Um, well, I mean, I've been in 15 treatment centers, so that's how many times I've relapsed. But, like, the times I've gone in and gotten clean for myself, I would say four times, maybe. 
about four that times. That weren't motivated by somebody else or something external to you. It was just forced. that internal drive. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Guilt or force or something being taken away from me or being underage, which was my first two. Yep. You know, my parents were like, how do you feel about juvenile hall? And I'm like, I don't even like when you tell me what to do. You're out of your mind. And they're like, you're going to rehab. <laughs> but like, Perfect. it was so L.A. It was it was such an L.A. story. Like Corey Feldman came. And, it was a youth group. Corey Feldman like came and spoke to us on a Sunday. And that Perfect. was so not weird to me until I moved to Northern California. And they were like, dude, that's what? <laughs> that's so weird. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, like, Not everybody has so that. Exactly. Yep. Let me ask you how you feel about um, recovery and Zoom. And and not I'm not saying how you feel about recovery during COVID, but like how do you feel about the way that we're offered to deal with things during COVID? Like are you okay with Zoom? I'm assuming you are because you're on this show. So <laughs> um, recently actually um, – I have, I've noticed I'm a pretty active member of my home group and I, this has been my home group for 14 years. It's a women's meeting. It's a book study. It's Thursday nights. And, uh, please come anytime you like, please send me the and link. I'd love I to. will. I will. So when COVID hit, uh, I was already using zoom for work. So I kicked it off really quick with the meeting and I got us all dialed in with a zoom and we were doing that. And, uh, as of late, I have seen some folks depending on, uh, I think there's some political component to this too, depending on where you land in the spectrum, whether you're really engaged in wanting to uh, social distance or whether you're really engaged in, we need to open this back up and I need to be able to connect in person. So um, I participate kind of at an area level and talked at business meetings. I've seen a dip in Zoom attendance at the meeting. Uh, it seems like people are not logging in as much and they're struggling with feeling connected. Uh, mm -hmm. And then you've got the opposite side of things where folks are worried that if we open the meetings too soon, we could be compromising our meetings, compromising our area um, or doing something that puts NA as a whole in jeopardy. Yeah. So by violating the law, by you know having meetings when we're not supposed to congregate, certain things like that. Uh, that could potentially harm Narcotics Anonymous as a whole. So we've tried to be very careful in our area with making sure we follow the CDC guidelines, making sure that we uh, carry a strong message of recovery via Zoom. Uh, mm -hmm. So there's a, a few of us that have really started to reach out to treatment centers to make sure that those folks are getting access to meetings to make sure that they know, like, here's our meeting directory. Here are the meetings that are available virtually. Uh, there's a couple that are available in person. There's a couple beach meetings that are happening and you get, you know, there's some Open social air. Uh -huh. food, and it's out. Mm -hmm, exactly. So for me personally, I find that uh, Zoom is, is easy for me. I do a lot of it during the day. So on a Thursday night, is that what I really want to do at the end of my week is hop on another Zoom? Not really, but I always feel better after a meeting regardless. Right. So, uh, and it's a time for me to connect with, with my people. So I have been, I'm fortunate to not really have too many uh, strong feelings one way or another about it. And I just try and go with the flow and be in acceptance. Although that's not everyone's experience. But I love that because that's how I, that's how I feel. And that's how I wish everybody was. And that's what am I going to do? I'm so grateful my sponsor with 30 plus years feels the same way because she's totally. old school. 
I yeah. I love that that she's like it's a new it's a new day, and here's this what we're where doing we now. Yeah, this yeah. is where we're at right now, and yeah. it's like the responsibility message. It's like whenever totally. somebody reaches their hand out, we have to be there. We can't do that if we're illegally huddling in a field somewhere, you know. And it's like, sure. and I've I've heard so many stories about people, you know, just deciding to have meetings no matter what, and it's like, it's. I don't like. I don't want to do that. I don't want to put anyone else in danger. So it's like, sure. I'm not. I mean, I'm not going to call them names or say anything about that. But it's just like I don't want to put anyone else in danger. I don't want to be in danger. And yep. like I don't want us to look bad. It's also like you know the whole anonymity thing. There's one of my favorite old timers. She's this adorable little old lady, and she was talking about why you don't go around promoting that you're an AA. She's an AA member. And she said that one time, and this is like in the 80s, she was driving down 19th Street in San Francisco, and there was a guy with, like, AA stickers all over the back of his car, like, one day at a time, and the circle and the triangle and all that. And she said, and he was just out there taking a pee in front of God and everybody. (laughs) And he was a representation of Alcoholics Anonymous as a whole pissing in the street. Exactly. So everybody driving by is like, oh... AA guy pissing in the street. <laughs> Perfect. Exactly. 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 I don't have stickers yeah. on my car. <laughs> I don't have I don't have a square and a circle tattooed on my body. No. Um, Cuz it's always fun to see that at a bar. But, you know, I I have in my in my life at some point. Yeah, but, sure. But yeah. Or whenever I see dates, that I'm like Yes. Yeah, several <laughs> dates scratched out. I've actually thought of that as an art piece. If I could get all of my dates from like my shoulder down to my wrist crossed out until Scratched I get up. to the most recent one. Yeah. Yes. I love my that. mom would That's hate good. that. I know. I think it's funny though. This is but... a tribute to my process, mom. Yes, exactly. Yeah. This arm is a tribute to everything I've done. And the fact that, you know, it takes a, uh, an ultrasound to find a vein on me now. That's another fun oh, thing. Girl. Yeah, I had my first yeah. uh, MRI mammogram, and they have to inject you with dye. Dye, yeah. A, yeah, because the minute I was like, I was like, something's going in me. I was so excited. But, you know, it's, you don't feel it, but you taste it. It's the weird dye. Yes. But, you know, it's always the first 20 minutes where I just sit there being hu- feeling humiliated as they're looking. Because they I'm can't like, find a vein. And I'm like, no, that's scar tissue. No, that's an artery. Yeah. You're like, and, and no, I'm, no, no. Why don't you let me try? I'm like, yeah, why can't we use my feet? <laughs> no, I've honestly asked that. But it's Hold like, on, I've got a good one, right? Oh, no, that's my biggest scar. Oh, I use, I use the neck one. Dude, that was my girl. She was my favorite. <laughs> the neck one. No, but this nurse at the MRI, like, she actually, she was so cool. And, like, that's as close as I'll ever come to having a baby or seeing a baby. Is like I'm watching her roll an ultrasound over my arm looking for the vein. Oh, boy. But I love how deep it is because I could never find it. If you know, yeah. Is there wood? I'm just gonna knock on this table and say it's wood. I got a table. I'm knocking. I'm knocking. Yes. Mm. Absolutely. Like worst case scenario, I'll never be able to find it. So, I mean, that's well. God forbid. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me what else you're doing to take care of yourself. How do you take care of you, Robin? Okay. So, meditation. Oh. Every morning, I know it's the hardest easy thing to do. It's so hard for me. It's the hardest easy thing. It is easy. So like so you think about meditation and you're like all I have to do is sit still and be quiet and try not to think. 
that sounds really easy. It's impossible. Yeah. So it sounds terrible to me. I, uh, I get up in the morning, I make my coffee, I get on the couch, I read the just for today. And then I okay. turn on this app and it just makes noise. So whether it's rain, I usually, sometimes I'll do a guided meditation, but I'm very picky about voices. You can't sound weird. Right. You can't have a weird accent that's awful to me because then I can't hear anything you're saying. Right. So I'll do, I'll do some meditation. I try and do at least five minutes of meditation every day to get myself going. What's the app Otherwise, that noise? Uh, Calm. Calm. Okay. Calm. I know that app. I know that app. And then there's another one that you should check out called Insight Timer. And there is a woman on Insight Timer. Her name is Sarah Blondin. And her voice is like butter. <laughs> Insight like, Timer? Insight Timer. Yes. And what's her name again? Sarah Blondin, B-L-O-N-D-I-N. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to check that out. It's like spiritual. Yeah. And and this is guided meditation or what? Sarah's is a guided meditation. I like hers best. And she's got some really great series um, in there. So, and then Calm, I'll just turn on like rain sounds mm-hmm. or whatever. And I'll just sit and try and be still. So, um, medica- medi- I almost said medication. <laughs> I'd like I the say, medication. I do. I, I say take that every time I'm reading, when I, I get stuck with reading the steps, that always, I yep. always say that accidentally. I'm like, just kidding. So, so I, need, prayer I, could medication. Probably, I could probably benefit from medication. However, that's not part of my regimen. Uh, exercise. And so during pandemic, I have tried to get out and walk every day. I've got like, I wear my thingy and it tells me how many steps I've got. And my goal is to hit 10,000 steps every day because it's just really good for my brain. Otherwise I'll sit in my house and I will be inside all day long and I won't go out. Right. Right. So, um, walking, getting outside, hiking. I have a, where's, where's the cat? There's a cat somewhere in here. I always oh, I sent I you the know, picture. I know. I hope the cat appears. I'm going to find her. I'm going to get her. I'm going to get her and I'm going to bring her on. Okay. Uh, So um, that has been good for me, for my self-care. Step work. I continually do step work. I meet with my sponsor, my sponsees via Zoom. That's been good for me. Was there Um, a time at all during COVID, though, where you fell off? Oh, I'm like, you were like like, two weeks of going, oh, my God, what have I done? Yeah. So like we were ready to start making clothing for the cat. We were going to get a leash to try and walk her. I live on the third story of the complex. So I was like, regardless of the fact that there's stairs and I'm able-bodied and ambulatory, I was about ready to like belay myself off the patio with sheets I was going to braid together because I just was climbing the walls. Yes. Yes. And that would happen every few days where I would just be like, I can't fucking do this. I can't be here. I've got to go. I'm going to the grocery store. I'm purposely not buying things so I can go back to buy things. Uh, oh. Whatever I can do, oh. I've got to get out. I didn't oh, realize yeah. that I've done that until just when you said that. I had never heard the verbiage. Oh, my God. But, yeah, that's exactly what. Oh, my God. There's a cat. Okay, I know this is a podcast and no one can see this. But let me explain to you what I'm seeing right now. I am seeing the most beautiful floof this floof is looking at me like why are you talking to me this floof is in right is in robin's lap and th- is this a boy what's what who's the floof first of all names her name well 
So her, her name is her, her arms. Her name is Emmy, but really I just call her Beef. Beef. No. This is because that's world. my nickname. Really, your nickname is Beef. My that is I I know it's so romantic. Everyone's probably jealous. Oh look at the belly floof! But that's what my husband calls me, Beef. I'm the Beef. And, yes. and now I, I this is and now I've met my soulmate. And look at how she puts up with that. She allows you to show me her belly floof. That's what just happened. I see one Pete. You're holding her. I see one Pete coming over your arm. And now she's, is she done? No, she's letting you hold her like a baby. What kind of cat is she? She is a rescue, but we would call her a Siamese flame point is what I'm told. She just looks like she's, she's all white with (sighs) these orange tips and she just looks dirty and that's fine. I don't think she looks dirty at all. I think she looks fancy. She's very fancy. And I she's very her. fluffy and sheddy. So now I have hair all over me, which is a constant battle. But I mean, there's nothing you you just have to you just have to become okay with it. I've decided it's, that instead of the whole Yeah, we're just over it. No, yeah. let it go. Let it go. Yep. Thank you for listening, and thank you so much to Robin for being on the show. Check out the next episode when we discuss how what you feed your mind with affects your actions and your life. If you want to be on the show or you know anyone who should be on the show, please contact us. The email is radiorehab at gotoproductions.com. That's go-toproductions.com. You can also call or text 415-496-9511 even when we're not in studio and on all the socials it's at radio rehab dana d-a-y-n-a thank you for listening keep coming back